with artists created and produced by Detlef Schlick, a visual artist and ritual designer, living and loving in West Cork, and best known for his essay about the cause and effect of shamanism, art and digital culture. Working in the field of performance, photography, painting, sound, installations, and film he will dive and discover with us and a weekly creative guest into the unknown and exciting deep ocean of the creative mind. This is Detlef Schlich, and today we dive into the deep and unknown exciting ocean of the creative mind together with my research uh, about ancient symbols and phenotyping. So, we have another Art Explorer session, back with another episode of Attitude. Now, I know what you're thinking. Detlef, are we going to dive back into the world of ancient symbols and digital phenotyping? Well, my dear listeners, we're going to do something a little different today. You see, we've been on quite a journey, haven't we? We've drummed with our ancestors, decoded the mysterious of Pythagoras and navigated the murky waters of digital phenotyping. But today, we're going to take a step back and look at the bigger picture. We're going to ask some tough questions and maybe, just maybe, we'll find some answers. Or at least we'll have a good laugh trying. So buckle up, grab your favorite beverage, pastora, and get ready for a wild ride, because today we're diving headfirst into the world of digital phenotyping, but with a twist. We're going to explore a dystopian future, yeah, a dystopian, unfortunately, where our digital interactions are monitored, analyzed, and used to predict our every move, <laughs> which sounds again like a sci-fi movie and... Uh, I hope I don't um, scare you too much with this podcast, but yeah, I mean, it's good to be critical sometimes. So hold on to your seats because this is not a drill. This is Attitude episode 186 and we're about to get real. But before we drive in, I want to make, or I want to take a moment, I want to make and to take a moment to thank all our listeners from around the world again. I mean, it's so great to have you on board. It encouraged me to do my podcast and uh, to do my research as well. So thank you for your support. Um, from the United States to Germany, Ireland to Argentina, Canada to India, Spain to the United Kingdom, Pakistan to New Zealand, France to South Africa, Austria to Peru and Japan, we appreciate you. And to our new listeners, welcome to the Attitude family. We encourage you to join the conversation on our Instagram account at Schlich, at Attitude, and our Facebook group, I Love West Cork Artists. So you can join there and you can share your thoughts and gauge in discourse and let's explore the world of art and culture together. I mean, that's, that's what it is about, isn't it? All right, 
enough with the introductions. Let's dive in. In our previous episode, we've been exploring the fascinating and somewhat daunting world of digital phenotyping. We've delved into its roots in ancient symbols, in ancient symbol interpretation, its evolution in the digital age and the ethical implications of this powerful tool. So today, we're going to take a slightly different approach. We're going to tell a story, a story set in a not-so-distant future, in a world where digital phenotyping has been taken to its extreme. Our protagonist is Alex, an ordinary citizen in a country where the government has embraced digital phenotyping in a big way. Alex lives in a bustling city, works a 9-to-5 job and, like most of us, spends a good chunk of their day online. They chat with friends, share photos, post updates, all the usual digital interactions we're familiar with. But unbeknownst to Alex, every emoji, every like, every share is being analyzed, interpreted, and used to build a digital profile by the government's advanced digital phenotyping system. Well, one day, Alex posts a seemingly innocent comment on a friend's photo. They use a specific combination of emojis, a smiley face, a tree, and a sunrise. To Alex, it's just a friendly message. But to the government's digital phenotyping system, it's a red flag. The system flags Alex's comment as a potential sign of dissent. You see, in this world, even the most innocuous symbols can be interpreted as subversive. The smiley face, the tree, the sunrise, and the eyes of the system. This combination of emojis is a coded message, a sign of rebellion. Suddenly, Alex's life is turned upside down. They are questioned by the authorities, their online activity is scrutinized, and they are put under surveillance, all because of a few emojis. But let's take a closer look at what happened. The day started like any other for Alex. They woke up, had their morning coffee, and logged onto their social media accounts. They saw a post from a friend about a beautiful sunrise they had witnessed. Alex, moved by the description, decided to comment with a smiley face, a tree, and a sunrise emoji. Little did they know, this innocent act would trigger a series of events that would change their life. The system, designed to detect patterns and analyze behavior, flagged Alex's comment. The combination of emojis was similar to a code used by a group of dissidents. The system couldn't differentiate between a genuine threat and an innocent comment. It saw a pattern and it reacted. Within hours, Alex was taken in for questioning. They were confused, scared, and had no idea what was happening. They were asked about their online activity, their associations, their political beliefs. They were treated as a potential threat, all because of a misunderstanding by an algorithm. Are you already scared? The surveillance didn't stop there. Alex's online activity was monitored. Their messages were read, their posts were analyzed. They felt like they were living in a constant state of fear, always watched, always judged. But Alex was not a rebel. They were just an ordinary citizen who used a particular set of emojis without knowing their perceived significance. They were caught in a web of digital phenotyping gone awry, a victim of a system that sees patterns where there are none. In the following weeks, Alex's life became a living nightmare. They were constantly under surveillance, their every move watched, their every word analyzed. They felt like they were living in a prison, their freedom stripped away by an algorithm, 
that had misinterpreted their actions. But amidst the fear and uncertainty, Alex found a spark of defiance. They realized that they were not alone, that there were others who were also victims of the system's overreach. And they decided to fight back. This is So it's not just darkness and we can do something against this Orson Welles dystopian feeling what we have and what crouches slowly into us. However, in the midst of their fear and uncertainty, Alex found a spark of defiance. They realized that they were not alone, that there were others who were also victims of the system's overreach, and they decided to fight back. Alex started a blog, using it as a platform to share their story and raise awareness about the dangers of digital phenotyping. They wrote about their experiences, the fear they felt, the invasion of their privacy, but they also shared practical tips, lessons they had learned from their ordeal. One of the first things Alex learned was the importance of digital hygiene. They realized that every like, every share, every comment they made online could be analyzed and used against them. So they started being more mindful of their online activity. They stopped sharing personal information online. They started using privacy-focused tools and services. They started educating themselves about digital rights and privacy laws. Another lesson Alex shared was the power of community. They found solace and strength in connecting with others who were going through the same ordeal. They started participating in online forums and groups, sharing their story, offering support to others. They realized that by coming together, by sharing their experiences, they could raise awareness, they could push for change. And perhaps the most important lesson Alex learned was the importance of speaking out. Despite the risks, despite the fear, they used their blog to voice their concerns, to demand change. They realized that silence was the system's greatest ally, that by speaking out, by making their voice heard, they could challenge the system, they could fight back. In a society where digital communication is pervasive, where algorithms and analyze our every move, where our online activity is constantly monitored. These lessons are invaluable. They remind us of the importance of digital hygiene, of community, of speaking out. They remind us that we have the power to shape our digital future, to ensure that digital phenotyping is used responsibly, that it respects our privacy, that it serves us rather than controls us. Well, my dear listeners, As we continue to navigate the digital age, let's remember Alex's story. Let's remember the importance of transparency, consent and respect for privacy. And let's strive to use digital phenotyping responsibly to create a more understanding, more compassionate, more connected digital world. As we reflect on Alex's story, I want to assure all of you, especially our I Love West Cork Artists group members, that our community is a safe space. We value each and every one of you and we respect your privacy. Our interactions here are about sharing our love for art and culture, about learning from each other, about building connections. They are not used for any kind of digital phenotyping. That being said, Alex's story is a reminder for all of us to be mindful of our digital interactions, not just within our group, but in the broader digital world. It's a reminder to be informed, to be aware, to be responsible. So let's continue to engage, to share, to connect. But let's also remember to do so responsibly, to respect each other's privacy, to use our digital tools wisely. Because at the end of the day, our goal is to create a more understanding, more compassionate, more connected world, both online and offline.
in the story of Alex, we've seen a scenario where digital phenotyping is misused in a totalitarian state. But what about in democracies, in places like Europe or the United States? Could something similar happen there? It's a question that's worth pondering. In a democratic society, we have certain protections in place, laws that safeguard our privacy, institutions that hold power to account. But these protections are not absolute. They are constantly being tested and challenged, especially in the digital age. And while we may not see the kind of overt control that Alex experienced, there are subtler forms of influence and manipulation that can occur. For instance, our online behavior can be tracked and analyzed by companies to target us with personalized ads. Our data can be harvested and used without our explicit consent. These practices may not be as overtly oppressive as in a totalitarian state, but they still raise important ethical questions. So, even in a democracy, it's crucial for us to be aware of these issues, to be informed about our digital rights, and to advocate for stronger protections. Because no matter where we live, we all deserve to have control over our own digital identities. All right, now after all this darkness, let's dive a little bit into the world of art and digital phenotyping. There are a couple of inspirations I've got from my research, which I consider to make out of it. Maybe imagine an artist creating a digital twin of their artwork, a virtual representation that evolves in real time based on the data it receives. This is not a far-fetched idea. In fact, it's a concept explored in the article The Health Digital Twin to Tackle Cardiovascular Disease, a review of an emerging interdisciplinary field. While the article primarily discusses the use of digital twins in healthcare, the concept can be applied to art. Artists could create digital twins of their artworks that change and evolve based on real-time data, creating a dynamic, interactive experience for the viewer. But what about the emotions that art evokes? Can digital phenotyping help us understand that? The article Digital Phenotyping for Classification of Anxiety Severity During COVID-19 discusses the use of digital phenotyping to identify anxiety levels during the pandemic. While the article doesn't directly relate to art, it does highlight the potential of digital phenotyping in understanding human emotions, a key aspect of art. Artists could potentially use digital phenotyping to understand the emotional impact of their work on viewers and adjust their work accordingly. However, as we delve deeper into the intersection of art and digital phenotyping, we must also consider the ethical implications. The article ethical, legal and social issues of digital phenotyping as a future solution for present-day challenges a scoping review discusses the ethical, legal, and social challenges relevant to the implementation of digital phenotyping technologies. These considerations are also relevant in the context of art, as artists increasingly use digital technologies in their work. Artists must be mindful of privacy concerns, consent, and the potential for misuse of data. In the end, the use of digital phenotyping in art opens up a world of possibilities, but also a Pandora's box of ethical questions. As we navigate this new frontier, it's crucial to keep these considerations in mind to ensure that the art world remains a space for expression, connection, and humanity, even in the digital age. So as we wrap up this episode, I invite you to ponder on these ideas. How do you see digital phenotyping influencing the art world? What ethical considerations do you think are most important? And how can we ensure that as we embrace these new technologies, we don't lose sight of the human elements that makes art so powerful? This is Dr. Schlich signing off, but the conversation doesn't end here. I look forward to hearing your thoughts and continuing this exploration in our next episode. I mean, it's really 
I have to say or thank you again that the listeners are to, for your comments. I think it's necessary to keep this discourse going. And uh, until then, keep questioning, keep exploring, and keep seeing the world through the lens of art and culture. <sighs> That's the only thing what we can do. World-saving art, yes. Guys, have a lovely week. I hope we hear us next week, next Sunday. Sunday morning, 10 o'clock, early confession. You're dead. Bye-bye. You have listened to Artitude, West Cork's first art, fashion and design podcast. Artitude, never so close again. Ah! That was too close.